Alright, and welcome everybody to another episode of the Senpai Kohai Podcast. It's your boy Trey, and with me today is the Viola to my Rob. And that's the only one, because I used all the rest of them last time when I used the wrong no, intro right. for the wrong episode. Steven, what are you doing over there? I am doing just fine. I'm soaking up the the rays of sunshine involved with a new season of anime. Um, I've been really just kind of taking it all in one episode at a time for every single se- series. So I'm I'm pretty pumped about talking about that tonight. Uh, how about so, you, Trey? I was so scared that you were going to say I was going to soak up the moisture in my room because I am damp. Because <laughs> you were talking about how hot it is right now with the, with your with your nice setup you have with your lights, and I was really worried we were going to go down a dark path, but I'm glad we didn't. Um, I'm doing good. I'm not reveling in any new anime. I have uh, I think I've been converted, and I, as I put on Twitter Uh-oh. to a to a manga boy, and <laughs> it's a it's quite a dark and convenient path. Um, but it's cool. There's a lot, a lot here to read and a lot to do. I, what is it? You pointed out a humble bundle to me where mm-hmm. there was like over five, $600 of manga for like 40. So yeah, it was 40 cool. bucks. Uh, I think that's the only, one. I, I've tried to keep an eye out for another one, but that looks to be the only one. That's not true. Uh, yeah. There's a Disney manga one that just came out, but mm-hmm. Really, I'm not gonna read Disney manga. Come on, what, what am I, Kingdom Hearts fan? Uh, well, that's a, that was <laughs> a nice say, segue. Don't you? That was a nice don't segue. you have it? Don't you <laughs> have the Kingdom Hearts manga? I don't. I have the Kingdom Hearts Ultimania, but I will get the Kingdom Hearts manga. Uh, but I do have the Ultimania. It's nice. Did they release an Ultimania for Kingdom Hearts? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's pretty. It's, wild. It's, it's big. It's white. It's it's got shiny white lettering on it so mm-hmm. when the light glints on it it's it's gorgeous it's just soars big I... goofy head <laughs> with his it's big nice. goofy feet his big goofy feet on the back gorge yeah i have a i have ultimania for final fantasies one through six as you can imagine um and that is a that is a honkin book like that is a blunt force instrument at this point it's so big and heavy duty but it, yeah it's like hardback with that kind of like filigree lettering and it's yeah. just got so much stuff in it for all of the entries and beautiful art lots of information the translation team that that brought that over did a great job of getting all the uh the interviews and information that is in the those books i love it when they get translated oh, so yeah. uh speaking speaking of kingdom hearts I, I think you've got some news for us this week, big guy i do straight from straight from the horse's mouth oh my god uh so <laughs> I, I thought that the 20th anniversary event for Kingdom Hearts was going to be at the end of the month. And somehow I just lost track of time. But it actually happened this past weekend or earlier this week. Mm-hmm. And it was incredible. It surpassed everything I think anyone expected. Because you can't expect anything with Kingdom Hearts. You're normally disappointed. And I think everyone, even Kingdom Hearts stands like myself, come to come to know that. It's okay. It's okay to be disappointed constantly. And mm-hmm. it was amazing. So you're getting the final update for the mobile game. Uh, oh my gosh. Union Cross Dark Road. There's a new mobile game called Missing Link. Very not excited for that one. That sucks. <laughs> Another mobile game. Fuck. Um, but you have your Japanese audience and that's that's what they do. So I, I'll play ball. I'll play ball. But... The big news, 
is that Kingdom Hearts 4, I was really trying to think of a sarcastic way to put this. I couldn't think of one. (laughs) (laughs) Kingdom Hearts 4 got announced, and it was pretty cool. Um, So Sora's in some whole new world. So much time later, uh, he meets a girl from the mobile game that's now been 3D animated. And that's pretty cool. And he's fighting this monster who uses Toyota Corollas as weapons. And (laughs) Sora hops out in his sneaks and just, it's not even goofy clown shoes. It's his regular shoes. And he just whoops ass. And uh, it was incredible. There's a, I I don't know. Go ahead. He looks like a Final Fantasy character now. Like he he looks like a full blown Final Fantasy character now. And it was about time if we're being honest. Oh yeah. He needed to cross the threshold between a, a, a mix of a Disney, a Disney hybrid, I guess, wet dream to a Final <laughs> Fantasy should have been. And now he's I, uh, there. I'm going to put some cursed headcanon on you because I was thinking about this when I saw Ooh. the pictures of Sora. And I was like, what if Sora is actually the son of lightning and hope? Ooh. <laughs> like I just have this weird headcanon because he kind of got he's kind of got that lightning face going on in that in some of those pictures. But like, Hope, doesn't was have like, that big... Hope was like five six years younger than her, and I don't I don't know how thirteen it's, it's been the some time you know? ended, but I feel <laughs> like she was not trying to get knocked up oh, by Hope. Yeah. I feel like no, that was no, the I, case. I, it's so, not that was that was fandom in general and stuff but i just i i wanted to think of something like cursed to tell you that might make you go shut the hell up if um, you told me it was cloud and barrett's son i'd believe you. <laughs> i would believe you stuff did you see the way oh he pulled gosh. that gut that drill out it all it was barrett's right arm it, anyway so kingdom hearts is great <laughs> it's looking good i don't think there's a release date but uh, I think they just no, said it's in the uh, making. The magic is being made or something like that. So you were oh so freaking hyped. You got up in the middle of the earliest hour of the morning and posted in every single channel of our discord. Oh, so yeah. my phone, my phone, I was asleep. My phone was losing its mind. I was like, what is happening? Why is my alarm going off at five forty in the morning? what and i was, i, I kind of like blearily looked at it and i was like oh trey okay good. i'm going back to bed now <laughs> so the event like, happened good for them yeah at 10 o'clock at our time was when the event happened and uh so i, I thought i was going to try to stay up once i actually saw the news before i went to bed but i was like you know what nothing's gonna happen and i, I was texting our friend of the show will <laughs> and he was like nothing's gonna happen and uh, i woke up and i texted him i was like dude he said, I'm glad I was wrong. And so I posted <laughs> everywhere and Daryl responds like, no, 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 no more Kingdom Hearts. He's not a he's not that big of a fan. So that's OK. I've, I've got I've got what I need to survive. <laughs> it was good times. It was good times. I, I It worked as an alarm for me. So I, I got up early myself that day. Uh, so thank you for that Kingdom Hearts 4. I am excited about that. Uh, I may have you summarize the mobile game to me upon the time that I finish all of the Kingdom Hearts games. I've never played any of them uh, except for the very first one. And I think I played through, I think I got to the Aladdin stage. Uh, I think I got through a good part of Hercules and you didn't get at least anywhere. the arena. You didn't yeah, get like I, I, I know I didn't get yeah. anywhere. I own these on PS2. 
Okay, I think I still have my copy. It Ooh. might be in a, a box somewhere. Um, but that's that's just how like uh, this my terrible like ADD with video games is not a new thing. That's not a like middle age uh steven problem that was that was also a teenage steven problem <laughs> so that's why i have so many games that some i've never played and uh you know one day i got the, i have every game on ps4 now i have no excuse i just need to get at it so maybe i'll do that one day soon yeah one day one day don't hold your breath <laughs> I, I am not i've i've seen your track record i am not yeah but i've uh Oh, I haven't gone back to Kingdom Hearts 2. I need to. I need to get back and finish that thing. Oh, before we go into games. So you have been watching anime. You are you are see you are you are spring twenty two twenty twenty two incarnate. What have what have you watched so far? So I watched all uh, this is it's always sad to admit this. I got sick and so I spent the day in bed uh recovering and thankfully uh that meant i could watch a lot of the first episodes of these shows so i took on rising of the shield hero 2 uh kaguya sama season 3 spy x family the executioner and her way of life your boy kong ming i'm quitting heroing and i feel like there's one more in there i had the list i'll get it in a second but that's the majority of them um i'll start out by explaining that i tried to start rising of the shield hero season two and promptly fell asleep because i was sick and medicated in the first oh. like five minutes so so i woke up later and i was like okay i i'll, I'll come back to this so i watched kaguya sama season three did not disappoint the comedy is back strong and i i'm a huge fan of the manga so i'm like i'm actually in the final arc right now i'm like i'm caught up to the current chapter like they're in the middle of the base of the end part of the plot um but it was really nice for uh, to get the chance to go back to some of the comedy from earlier in the series uh, where they're at. And uh, I forgot how much the anime really adds to the experience because with animated movement, they can actually do a little more physical comedy with the jokes that they have in this series. And they really sell it. Like there's actually a scene where Hayasaka is, they say Hayasaka lies as easily as she breathes. And it literally shows her sitting like on a chair, like, breathing out and breathing in and it says lie and truth and it's like you know you bring in the truth and you spit out a lie and it's it, it's just a, it's really funny physical comedy and uh they do different stuff like that and it's it's really well animated and it's still so dang funny i think they do a, a whole joke thing where they're they're kind of uh sparring via the uh what is it line app which is a, a chat app and uh kagi had just recently got a smartphone and so she doesn't know how read receipts work so she's kind of trying to play like uh, verbal sparring with Miyuki and uh, doesn't know what's happening. So he thinks he's got her and hijinks ensue from there. Like, I won't even go into detail to ruin that portion of the episode. But the the kind of like back and forth between the two is still really funny and really well done. So I think if you like season one and two, Kaguya-sama, you're going to like this one. Um, I think I moved on from there to Spy X Family which I've been anticipating this bad boy. Like I, I read the manga from like when it first started and it won the Kodansha manga award. I think that's really what drew me to it is, you know, every year Kodansha does their manga award for like new manga. And that's how I know like the quality exists. Um, so I saw Spy X family won an award and I was like, I'm gonna go check this out. And man, 
it did not disappoint. It's just so funny, great facial expressions and, and good action. And a certain there's definitely a lot of comedy, but there is some kind of like more adult action in it. So it's a cool like split in tone. The anime is is done by Cloverworks and Wit Studio. Uh, you know, my dress up darling and ranking of kings uh guys they did a great job this last season and this is uh, debatable look at the sadness uh, you haven't even watched him you can't debate nothing i've watched him twice i've already admitted that oh well you watched you didn't watch enough okay wait did you finish him did you finish him no no i'm referencing uh the conversation where i watched and i I did a a really shoddy description on a on a guest (laughs) podcast we were on with the uh the chaotic podcast where I gave a uh, an awful description of what my dress up darling could have been if they uh, <laughs> if they went down a different route, but alas, they didn't. Um, so no, I haven't watched those yet, but I will one day. Yes, absolutely. Um, but this show did a great job of uh, basically like showing off the how the characters are introduced and the kind of the 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 background of what's going on, and it starts out strong with comedy. But there is a point in the series in the in the first episode where they show off some of the action, and it is really well done. And uh, I'm looking forward to more. There's this little thing that they did is uh, so one of the main characters, a little girl, is psychic. So anytime she's reading people's minds, it plays this really kind of like unique sound effect, and I love it because it's basically this audio audio cue that tells you, "Hey, this isn't actual stuff that's being said." So I really like that. Um, the uh, the next one I watched, let's see here. So I kind of hit most of the big three except for Rising because I fell asleep. Um, I moved over to High Dive at that point because somebody had recommended this series, Ya Boy Kong Ming, um, to me in manga form a while back. And I, I hadn't really got the chance to check it out. And that somebody said that, you know, an anime is coming out. So I was really pumped for it. And the the synopsis is that Kong Ming from the war, uh, was it the, the Three Kingdoms era? Like he's a strategist for one of the Chinese armies. He dies and wishes to be reborn at some point in a peaceful world. And he wakes up in his younger body, but in like traditional Chinese garb as an adult in a, like an alley in Japan. And he's like, huh, weird. And he goes out and he's in Shibuya and it's Halloween. So people are dressed up partying. It's wild as hell. And uh, he commit, he gets, he convinces himself after being dragged through like hijinks that he's in hell. So he's like, fine, I earned it. Let's go. I'm, I'm ready for, to experience hell. And so he gets dragged to a nightclub and you get introduced to the girl who's the lead in the series who, who sings. And they actually have really good vocalist uh, singing in English. And uh, that's when the series kind of like takes a turn. And it's like, he's enraptured with her singing and gets to know her and kind of like w- stumbles his way through different stuff. And ends up deciding that he's going to become her strategist to become a uh, you know, anything you want to do. If you want to be a, a famous pop star, I will help you devise strategy to, to succeed. And so that's the premise of the show. And there's some more details in there I'm leaving out because I the first episode is a lot of setup. Um, I But it was an interesting enough and cool enough and well animated enough. And the music was great. Um, I don't know if it wants to be a comedy or a music show yet. We'll see. I almost went into the second episode, but I was like, no, I said, I'm only watching the first episode of everything. So uh, I'm going to go back and watch that later. But I did get to the first episode and I am I am I'm I'm interested. I'm interested. And then I watched I'm quitting heroing, which. Oh, 
I, I don't know how I feel about it yet because it's basically about the story of fantasy world and this hero comes into the demon queen's castle and applies to get a job with the demon queen's army. And it's basically the story of this hero who's complete. He's pretty much like great at everything. He's super strong. He doesn't even need a party to beat the demon queen in the first place. Um, things like that. And he basically finds out that once, uh, and this is in the synopsis. So I don't feel bad about saying this because uh, they, they frame it a different way in the episode. Uh, he's got a lot of like quick uh, quips and things like that, but nobody seems to be like really angry at him. Like they had, there's the four generals of the demon queen's army and they, uh, you know, they're not really angry with him. And he explains that when he beat the demon queen, the humans basically were like, Oh, he's the scary guy now, you know, like uh, they're scared of him and they banished him and like, didn't like celebrate his victory. And they were like scared of him and, saying he needed to be ousted so he gets banished and everything so he decides screw it i'll join the other side then and so he's out here trying to get a job with uh the demon queen and i don't know like i just feel like it's not bad but the comedy is very middling the animation is very middling um it's just a big like six out of ten for me so far for the first episode's impression like the the comedy isn't yeah absolutely like the comedy is not bad but it's kind of jokes i've seen before enough times um I mean, the setting is just, I mean, it's kind of unique, but I don't know. It's just, there's nothing to punch through and make me go, I want to keep watching more of this ensue. And uh, as always, I give three episodes to everything. So we'll see how that really pans out. Um, So from there, I think the next thing I watched on High Dive was I watched uh, The Executioner and Her Way of Life. Now, this show, this show has me interested. Um because it really starts out kind of goofy. Mm-hmm. Like this guy gets isekai to another world. And the uh, kingdom basically... Hadn't seen that one before. <laughs> the other... This guy gets isekai and the kingdom see his, sees his ability and kicks him out. So he's like homeless. And this priestess uh, named Mino... Uh, I'm just ignoring your meanness. <laughs> <laughs> this is This is wild yeah uh so she introduces herself as like somebody that takes in what they call the lost ones which are basically turns out people have been getting isekai from japan to that that world a ton like they've actually assimilated all their technology so like even if his ability sucks he was like oh maybe i can use my knowledge she's like no we already know all that stuff and it's like oh oh okay cool and so he keeps and there's a little bit of banter and stuff like that she seems like a really cool chick and then you know she helps him kind of realize that he does have a power it's just they they misunderstood it and the tone of the show completely changes she just spins around and stabs this kid right in the freaking head spoilers by the way guys but it's also in the uh synopsis so don't feel bad um Whoa. so it turns out this priestess is like in charge of killing the isekai people who show up from japan because every time they show up death and destruction follows them like they can't always control their powers and they show different flashbacks of this throughout the episode and she turns like ice cold like i mean it's and it's bloody and i was like what this is this is some elfin uh elfin lead shit like you just didn't expect it you're like what what's happening and uh so that that was a really cool one and it, it looks interesting and you find out uh like it's kind of a cool introductory episode it shows how kind of like bloody and how the world works and and stuff like that and then you find out there's another isekai protagonist but 
this one seems to have something else going on and that's kind of like the lead into the next episode it's like oh we're gonna go find the other one um but yeah it's it's just a crazy premise like this chick is in charge of killing off isekai protagonists like i think this is absolutely a show for you (laughs) it sounds like what i was meant to watch i i need a part of this (laughs) and it's only on high dive yeah it's on high dive um i don't think we saw this one when we did our spring 2022 lineup that that one doesn't sound familiar it was in there, but we just never like because you know how we'll, we'll cherry pick uh, like some of the stuff that really kind of catches our eye, yeah. Um, and we, that, we don't we can't always get every one that of them. Sounds like one that would maybe it wasn't translated, but that sounds like a title that would have caught my eye at least. But I don't know, maybe. Yeah, who knows? But uh, last but not least, yeah, I finally one? finished off. I finished off with uh, Rising of the Shield Hero season two because remember I fell asleep at the beginning. Oh, um, well, well, shit. Why didn't you just go into it? <laughs> I, I don't know. I just felt like being dramatic. Haven't you ever heard of anything called dramatic flair? Uh, maybe I'm putting on a show, man. Go, yeah, by all means, go ahead. Uh, I am but a, <laughs> I am but a humble, uh, a humble man. Go ahead. Sh- show me the show. <laughs> <laughs> so it actually starts off pretty strong. Um, they don't waste any time with uh, season two of Rising Issue of the Hero. They give you some quick points about like what, like uh, I'm in charge of the town now. Here are my peeps. We do stuff, um, and then instantly the bad guys are showing up. They get drawn into the plot and they get started. Um, you know, there's a big giant badass spirit turtle, or spirit tortoise is what they call it, and it's like this giant tortoise and it has its own monsters. Like that, like literally, it's so big they live on it and around it. And they it start they start attacking the town, and that's how they find out about it. And they interact with the queen and the other heroes. The other heroes are still douchebags. Philo's still annoying. Graftalia's still thirsty. Um, you know, the usual stuff for Rising of the Shield hero. And he decides he's going to go help out, of course, because he kind of gets you know suckered into it. And uh, the Philolio queen, Victoria, is like basically demanding it, too. So off he goes to to find the spirit tortoise territory and like handle it. And so the, a lot of the episode is like showing off some of the action, the fighting and different stuff that each of the characters does. But by the end of the episode, they're at the territory. They meet the new character, which is this woman that's mysteriously hooded. And she's like, I want you to kill me in episode. And uh, yeah, that was it. it was really well done. Still real, really well animated. And um, I still really like the story. Uh, you know, a lot of the things we talked about for four hours in our special episode is still there and it's it's charming i'm looking forward to more of it so that one's still that one's still an eight out of ten for me it's crazy that when i when you describe rising of shield hero i hate it but when i think Mm -hmm. about rising of shield hero i love it it was just so fun the journey the story and everything but when i start thinking about those other heroes and philo (laughs) and the world itself and the king and Mm -hmm. bitch I hate everything. Yeah. It's a it's a bad place. <laughs> bad place. But I do want to see what that shield does. <laughs> and I want to see what now yeah. Fumi's gonna do. So I'll watch it for that. They uh they brought back the same uh artist for the opening, Mad Kid, and it's a banger oh, cool. as well. Yeah. Um your boy with the uh the scythe is back, clearly. Oh somewhere oh, in okay. here. Yeah. God. Um, I hate I hate yeah. that they're the bad guys. That's a shame. They were so cool. They were they were the best part of season one. 
they are really cool and you should watch season two if you like them yeah i'm not gonna say anything else but you should watch season two if you like them uh whether they're bad or good i guess um (laughs) i guess i'll watch anime it's awful if it, okay, so and, and the reason I say watch the anime because as much as I hate to admit it, I still don't like the art in the manga. No offense to that artist, I, I'm sure they're very talented. It's just not my style. So I that's why I would recommend the anime over the manga to you because the manga is actually well past the spirit tortoise and into other parts of the story at this point. So yeah, hmm. <sighs> but that that is the wrap up on my episode ones that I did yesterday. I've done some since, but we're gonna uh, I'll bring back another menagerie of episode ones and maybe episode twos on the next episode. Okay. That'll work for me. I've only been reading. I've, uh, I started, I feel like I no. I finished the, um, I finished a series. I finished mayor. I don't remember if we talked about that last time, Mar- March and awakens romance. So I finished mm-hmm. that. That was a fun little fairy tale shonen. Um, it wasn't too bad. But really, I could only see you enjoying it if you had the nostalgia for it, because it really isn't, Mm -hmm. it isn't amazing, but it's nice. It's okay. It's a good comfort. Um, So from there, I started uh, reading this, this one called Masamune Kun's Revenge. And it's a trip. So far, I'm about three volumes (laughs) in. And it's about this boy who got bullied by the prettiest girl in the school. And he, he tried to talk to her as a kid. And apparently he was like a, a, a really chunky kid. And mm-hmm. she called him pig legs because his legs were so short and he was so round. And she called him pig legs. And that stuck with him. It really messed him up. It really hurt his feelings. And so he went talk to his grandpa. His grandpa put him on this tough training regiment. They went trained in the woods for five years, I think. And then he came back <laughs> looking buff, gorgeous, handsome. And he only has one goal in mind, and that is to break this girl's heart with his handsome looks. So real shallow stuff, but <laughs> I kind of figured this would play out like a Hallmark movie at some point. But they keep adding these characters in it that uh, that keep twisting it. So I'm curious to see where it's really going to go, because it may not play like I thought it was going to. So we'll see. But I've enjoyed it so far. Uh, I think three a of lot 11 of people really volumes. liked it. Yeah, there, there's people a lot of hype really for. It. Yeah, there's a lot of hype for season two. Um, I'm probably not going to watch it. I may just look up certain scenes, but it's cool so <laughs> far. It's cool. But I, that's I all. To, uh, I need to go back and read it. Yeah, it's it's nice. At the, I'm pretty sure it was just eleven in it. It was a couple of years ago. It ended. Oh. Mm-hmm. So I finished watching Attack on Titan season four, part two, and am thoroughly disappointed that there's going to be a Attack on Titan season four, part three. And it's, it's insane. (laughs) I think there's only two volumes left from what I understand. And it's, there's no reason they couldn't just extended. They couldn't just done a couple more and just finished. Now you got to wait a whole other year. Like now I'm going to read attack on Titan. Cause I got to get a finish on this. I can't have just justified watching 80 episodes for no reason. I, I have to get a finish on the story. So actually, yeah, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. <laughs> I am committed. So that's where I'm at with that. I hate it. And we'll probably do a, 
and I'd like to do an Attack on Titan episode. Steven, if you want to talk about it, we can. We can we could pull someone on. I know you've got some feelings about it. And uh, we could just... I'll hate watch it. I'll hate watch well, it, just for you. Thank you. Thank you. And we can all just hate, hate Aaron together. Because that's... <laughs> God, it's awful. But apart from that, I'm going to blitz through my games real quick so we can get to uh, meat and potatoes. Um, Absolutely. So I'm playing Kingdom Hearts 2, uh, working on that, doing a critical mode run. Uh, first time I played Kingdom Hearts 2 in years that I'm actually going to beat it on. It's fun. I'm like halfway through. Um, that's a blast. I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I'm sorry, Xenoblade Chronicles. Um, going through, cleaning up some of that data, playing it with a friend, and... Uh, it's fun just collecting collectopedia stuff, wrapping up heart to hearts. And it, that's such an addicting game. It's, it's got such a, a great flow to it and it's, it's addicting to just finish things. Um, I also finished Bayonetta this weekend. I replayed and finished that. And that was just a wild, Hey, I bet I could finish Bayonetta in a couple days. And sure enough, I did. It was so fast, so fast. <laughs> and Bayonetta is so fun as long as no one is talking. Like once, <laughs> once the story starts happening, everything is nonsense. But, and I'm, I'm sure there's a coherent story across the way, but God, as long as no one, no one talks, it's great. It's so kinetic, so fast, and it's so fun. Like, I, and you don't even beat the game truly until you unlock all the difficulties and you beat the final boss. Cause the more difficulties you unlock, the more you unlock in the game. And it's hmm. it's pretty cool. So I have it now where I can play it again, get some more difficulty, and do it one more again. And just keep doing that whenever I get the hankering for Bayonetta. But I've got to do Bayonetta 2 for Bayonetta 3. And, you know, the cycle continues. But, <laughs> alas, Steven, what are you playing? I'm not playing much, honestly. I, uh, I got Elden Ring for my birthday a little early. And uh, so the last week I've played that off and on and I hate love it. Mm. I absolutely hate love it. It is challenging and frustrating because I, I don't play souls games correctly. I, you know, like you're supposed to know when to run past people. You're supposed to know when to like be smart about how you use your runes or souls at the right time. And I kept not doing that. I kept being terrible at the game and losing chunks of stuff that would help me level up and progress. Like I just, I started to get the hang of it and, but it was, it was kind of funny because I'd be like, okay, I can't get past this part. I'm going to go somewhere else. Dragon lands on me. Like, all right, all right. I'm going to try going somewhere else. Assassin comes out of a, out of a shadow and kills me. I'm like, all right. Hey, look, there's this cave in the beginning area. Oh, little stabby gargoyles killed me. Okay. It's just, it's a lot of that. But it is a, it's a cool world to explore. There's a lot of, like, things they just give you and you have to figure out. I think that's really nifty. Um, there's some spooky-ass monsters in there, and that's a lot of fun. But there's a lot of moments in the gaming portion where I had to be like, you know what? I'm done. For now. For tonight. We're, we're done. Because if I go further, I will throw this controller through the sliding glass door into the train tracks next door. Um, so yeah, it's, it's fun, but it's hard and I love it until I hate it. And then I have to take a break so I can love it again. It's a terribly abusive relationship. Yeah. That's awful. Other than that, I played Langris or mobile, which is, um, an old RPG that play. It was like a tactics RPG where each unit had like an army on it. 
And they re-released one and two with like updated graphics and everything. Well, they kind of took that same kind of like vibe and updated graphics and brought it to a mobile game. It plays a lot like Fire Emblem Heroes, but I like the older character designs. It's a very much more 90s mm-hmm. um, kind of aesthetic. And it's got a lot of cool things to do. And I just, I, you know, my brother plays it and he convinced me to, to give it a go. So I've been playing that bad boy. And it, it, I regret nothing. It's a, it's a fun little like, I don't know. I put about 20 minutes into the game each day. So it's not even too hard. I've had my eye on Landgrisser 1 and 2 on the Switch, waiting for that mug to go yeah. on sale. It looks like a nice little retro RPG to or JRPG to get into. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it myself. I really, really want to play it. Yes, sir. That's it. That's it. That's it. We can go to the meat and potatoes at this point, because that's all I've been playing. That's all. Let's do it. Yep. So, what we're talking about today is Monster Mas- is a, uh, every episode. Every episode. You know it has every to episode. happen. It has to happen. Mm-hmm. I need a hat with uh, with Monster Masume on it. <laughs> but it's just the text. I need that. I need to make that happen. Uh, so what we're actually talking about today is the Duke of Death and his maid. Um, and if I understand my own incoherent understanding of how anime is made, this was an idea that was turned into a text. This was turned into a manhwa that was turned into a manga that was turned into an anime that was turned into a light novel that was turned into a, a video that was turned into a Netflix adaptation. No, Stephen's shaking his head. That was all wrong. That was all wrong. Okay, I mean, no, so I mean, that sounds like quite the journey, but uh, uh, no, <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. No. So we watched the anime. Uh, there is a manga out for The Duke of Death and His Maid. The anime came out last year, 2021, uh, from JC Staff CGI. They are known for last year's Requiem for the Rose King, Don Machi, Food Wars, and a certain magical index. Uh, I was hot on Don Machi for a while in Food Wars, so I have enjoyed some of their works, and I wanted to watch that Requiem for a Rose King, uh, just because that's a cool title. That's a, That's a sick name. Like, I would change my gamer tag to that. But then, you know, people have to call you that. And it's like, I'm going for a rose. Anyway, that's a tangent. So uh, apart, from, <laughs> apart from that, um, the Duke of Death and his mate. Steven, you want to give us a rundown on the synopsis before we get into characters? So uh, the basic synopsis for the show is it's about a uh, young man who is the Son of a noble family, he's you know he's kind of in nobility, so the, the duke there. But he, uh, as a child, is cursed by a witch to anything he touches dies, uh, whether it be like you know a, a flower or a person. Um, so his family sequesters him off to a side estate and gives him his his the main butler. Uh, I believe his name is Rob, and mm-hmm. then this. Uh, uh, this maid also lives with him named uh, Alice who he seems to have an affinity for. And she, uh, she likes to tease him and kind of like, you know, convince him to live his life essentially. Um, and that's basically how the, the show starts. It's, it's basically about this guy who touches stuff and it dies. He's been cursed. He wants to figure out how to get the curse gone. And his maid is there trying to, you know, cheer him up and, and live life with him. And you get to see how his life is. Um, and yeah, that's the basic premise. That is, it's a, it's really not a complicated one until you get to the end and hope it kind of deepens a little bit there, mm-hmm. but you know, it just kind of hooks you for a season two. 
So we'll start going through the characters. I have their voice actors just because that's something I really fascinate over. I like hearing voices and other things, and I like making connections. So the Duke, the dub, is done by Clifford Chapin, Chapin, uh, who is Connie from Attack on Titan, if you remember him. He's uh, one of the greats, one of the great guys from (laughs) Attack on Titan. He is Kaoru from Neon Genesis Evangelion. And he is also Bakugo from My Hero Academia. Oh, so boy. he's got a pretty, uh, I don't know, pretty wide, wide range. Yeah, wide range. It's a, I don't know, pretty whiny bitch to uh, <laughs> mysterious space boy to he plays angsty. At least, I don't know. He plays he's, at least two characters that are the, are like the source of a lot of uh, Yaoi Dojin. Between Kaoru and Bakugo. There's, a, there's a lot of boys love going on. Oh, man. Um, so, apart from him, we have Alice, the main girl, voiced by his wife, Kristen McGuire. Uh, Clifford and Kristen are married. Uh, she voiced Ruri in Dr. Stone in Milim and reincarnated as a slime or Milim. I don't know how you say that. I don't know who it is either. I don't watch Isekais. It's for. I just, uh, I just want to keep watching you try to. Try to pronounce it. Don't don't call Isekai fans <laughs> dorks. Um, next up is Zane, voiced by the famous, the greatest Rico Fajardo, one of the greatest anime <laughs> voice actors of our time. He voiced the manager in Zombieland Saga. He's voiced Hiroshi in Fruits Basket, Taiju in Doctor Stone, and Togata in My Hero Academia, as well as everything else. He's in a lot of stuff. Did I you say love something? that man. I, you I, love I that man do. so much. I do. Every time <laughs> I see him on something, I, I know I'm going to love this character. And whenever he said uh, Zane in one of the episodes, he says, I see boobies. <laughs> like he said something, or he says boobies really weird. And I was like, Rico. <laughs> Because <laughs> no one does it like he does. He's he put so much love in his characters. He's great. I'll give him. I'll give him credit. Like it, honestly, the performance of Zane really just pours on the charm, and it makes me really like his character. He's he's kind of like suave and goofy at the same time. Oh yeah, like he gets he gets he gets smacked a lot, as I recall. So uh, the <laughs> last one we're gonna cover, uh, being the last of the four main characters, is Cuff who is voiced by Sarah Weidenheft. She's Zeno from Dragon Ball Super, Charmy from Black Clover, and Shizuku from Dress Up Darling. Hopefully you know who Shizuku is, because I don't. No? <laughs> I do. Oh, okay. um, I, I do. Oh. But I'd say there's another there's another, uh, another person in here that deserves a little bit of attention. That's uh, Kaylee mills i I clearly need glasses holy moly um kaylee mills is the voice of viola the uh one of the the main guy's sister oh the younger sister yeah yeah she uh she voiced uh let's see here amelia and re-zero um Mm. she and she voices k king and and genshin impact and uh, it looks like Alice Zuberg and uh, Sword Art Online. That's from an, an arc I haven't seen yet, so I wouldn't know. But all I know is that her voice acting job in this series 
as Viola and like kind of selling her as the kind of character she is, is really, really, really well done. Like I can't talk enough good about the dub performance on this series. Like it's like, I know like overall dub performances have gotten a lot better, but it, it really sells some of these characters in moments when it seems like a mundane series. I mean, it's a mundane scene and they just bring all the charm on. And I, I just need to accentuate that. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. The the cast is phenomenal name. They, they make it drip with fun and character. Um, apart from that, we can go ahead and get into it. So let's go. Episode one, the Duke in Dallas. So from there, this is where we get the introduction to the Duke and his curse. Uh, they kind of lay it out for us about his familial separation and why he's in this castle alone and what he does with Rob and Alice. It's just kind of a, a day by day and how he deals with Alice's flirtations and why it's such a danger for her to be so close and flirty with death. And it's uh, it, it has him on constant anxiety because she just gets right in his face. Like kiss me right now. Like she's begging for it. Just take her life <laughs> and he won't do it. He, he cares for her. And at the end of the episode, he realizes he he does really care for her. It's not just like, hey, girl, what's your number? It's, hey, girl, you want my last name? And he uh, he, he wants to propose to her. He, he wants to have a life with her at the end of the uh, episode. So he wants to figure that out. He's a he's a cute little guy. I like him. He uh, and he is. He's he's older. He's older, but he's a he's kind of small in in stature. So it's kind of mm-hmm. a little like off-putting at times because you're like he seems like a little kid but he's not he's older than it, he appears um i love i love how like his character design like he seems like sad emo tired guy and he's got this gigantic top hat <laughs> like, yeah no reason whatsoever. It, i feel like it's I, to I make up it. for the height i feel like that's the only reason it's there because he's such a small man but uh oh yeah that i think they i could buy that I think he said he wears that hat to make up for his messy hair because Alice calls him out. She's like, why don't you take this ridiculous hat off? He's like, but but people are going to see my hair. And apparently it's unkept and curly and whatnot, but Uh, apparently it's fine. So whatever. Hey, curly hair back in in that era was not was not a good thing. It was frowned upon, especially in nobility. Oh, I'm sure you remember. Mm, Yeah, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) I it's one of the reasons I had to shave my head. Um, Um. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. And then he made me join the military, and then you know there was World War One. It was a terrible thing. Um, Elaborate. <laughs> no, 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 no. No one likes mustard gas. Uh, <laughs> episode two. Episode two. Oh, no, Jesus. I want to point out one last thing before we move on. Is, is this about World War One? <laughs> no, it's not about World War One. I'm not that old, you jerk. Um, <laughs> I can play along and you can't take me seriously. Oh my gosh. But I I love the fact that you pointed out that she's literally flirting with death. Yeah. So that's kind of a cool little thing. It's uh, I'm I'm not sure if a metaphor is quite the right way to put it because she, she wants him as well, but they're both, you know, limited by this curse. Mm -hmm. If she touches him, he dies and it shows him touching things that, you know, it's not just a, a fear that he has a touch. You know, he he kills things right in front of her and him, whether Mm -hmm. he touches flowers or anything. I think he uh, 
I don't think it's this. I think it's the next episode. Um, the Duke, his butler and a lost cat where he talks about, he, he touched a cat and now he's afraid to touch animals because the cat died as it should mm-hmm. have. Not because mm-hmm. it was a cat, but because of his power, you know, I don't want to, let's not misconstrue that. So anyway, yeah. episode two. Um, so we see how outsiders react to him. An old, uh, an old family friend comes out of town to see the Duke and it's a little bit confusing t- as to what the purpose of the visit is. And the Duke kind of realizes what it is towards the end of the visit when he tries to persuade Alice to leave him. He thinks that the Duke is holding her hostage with his death powers. And everyone freaks out every time the Duke moves fast because, you know, he could just touch him and you're dead. And it's it's that easy. Yeah. He's just that much of a weapon. And everyone treats him as such that's not familiar with him and knows how careful he is. And so they they freak out at every instance. And he realizes, you guys aren't here to be friends with me. You guys are here for something else. And it's Alice. And they're, mm-hmm. they're here to try to persuade her to leave with them. But she stays because her man's is there. And eventually they <laughs> a funny scene was a... Uh, they have this cat that shows up with a message. I don't, I don't remember what the message said, but uh, the cat starts ripping up her clothes and she starts trying to taunt the prince. And he, he is running away from this cat. The cat is chasing him, but he doesn't want to kill it. And so he's running away and, and she's running like on pace with him, sprinting across the house. She's like, Oh, it looks like this cat has ripped up my dress like while they're running, he's like, is this really the time to be showing me this while they're, while they're running from this cat? <laughs> yes. And it's, it's pretty funny. She's always doing that. She's always fine. No matter the situation, she's always finding a way to like lift up her, her skirt a little bit or like show off a little bit to him just to, just to get a rise out of him. It's, it's good. It's a fun shtick. And I like the fact that it doesn't stick around so long that it, it yeah. becomes tired. So yeah, they, they know when to end the joke. It's, it's, it's nice. Um, episode three. Oh no. At the end of episode two, there's a really nice dance scene between them. He, mm-hmm. he wants to dance with Alice and as she does him, but they can't, uh, they can't really touch each other. So they, they take the poses and they get like a foot apart or so. And they, they go through the motions together and it's really nice. They're on top of the, on top of the palace and just dancing in the moonlight. And it was a, a real sweet little moment. It was nice for them. Yeah. I was happy for them. That's nice. It's good shit. It was a good moment. It was good shit. Absolutely. The next episode, episode three, the Duke and the meteor shower during the full moon. Uh, So the Duke and Alice had this bet and he lost. So he had to take her out to the town's masquerade ball. And, you know, he can't just brush up against people or or else it's considered mass murder and he goes to jail. Mm -hmm. So he, uh, he ends up getting in this iron maiden outfit where he is just in a cage underneath an outfit where he just goes, if he bumps anyone, they bump in a metal. They don't touch him and it works out fine. Really? They just go, they shop. He ends up playing the piano for people and they enjoy it. They really like his, his piano talent, which he elaborates on is the only thing he really brings to the table. He, uh, he knows that if he's cut off from the family, he doesn't have anything to provide to the world. He has no skills. He has nothing and he can't touch anyone. So he's been practicing piano and writing his own pieces and he performs it there and they love it. People love it. Um, but we see another instance 
happening with Alice after him and Alice get separated, where she runs into someone that recognizes her mother. And apparently Alice looks like her mother. And what's up, Miss Alice? What's up, girl? But <laughs> the uh, she says, no, I, I have nothing to do with her. I'm, I'm not her. Uh, I'm separate. And so there's some kind of history, some kind of past. But it was a it was a cool episode. I think they end up going to where are we at? Where are we at? Oh, uh, so they end up going out on the water and she falls and they get really close to kissing. Like she taunts him again to to kiss mm-hmm. and they get close. Like even I, I held my breath. I remember. So I was like, <laughs> I remember that one too. Ooh, oh my gosh. Is he going to kiss her? Like, I don't think I've ever just been so worried about a kiss before, but, uh, he didn't, he pulled back and he was like, no, I can't do this to you, Alice. I, he, he wants her in his life. He wants to break the curse. And so she flips him out of the boat and uh, drowns him. Instead, he dies. Actually, that's the end of season one. Um, so what'd you think of, no, just joking. It didn't end that fast. Um, <laughs> she died. The she end. died. She died. He died. Um, no. So what'd you, what'd you think about the, I guess them going to the city? I, I, I kind of was a really cool thing. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, I, I thought it was pointless up until the piano moment and the, mm-hmm. the, the little back play moment. Cause I was like, is this just a filler episode? And then I was like, Oh, okay. I see. We're, de- so we're developing. One of the reasons, right. This is so a lot of early on episodes, uh, really pour on the comedy and getting to know the main characters um and showing that he actually is quite talented he's very smart he is likable there's a lot of the things that you inherently need to be to be like a member of nobility and be respected and he has those but he has his own inferiority complex due to the death curse and this is where one of the few times you see where he like episode two he finally learns what it means when people are trying to be his friend and who who people are trying to take advantage of so he's learned something there and taking away a lesson in this one, he finds out that he can still interact with people and he has something to share with people. So he still has a connection to other people than the his little bubble. So there's always something to learn for him. But another important thing happened in this episode, and that was them spotting the uh, skull-faced witch. Is that who recognized her? Yeah, that's it, the, you're the right. one that recognized That did her. happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. the, uh, it's like this, it's this person who's dressed up like a nun, but has a, a skull mask on, which works well for a masquerade party. Um, and she recognizes, uh, Alice for her mother. Cause they look very much alike. And that's, that's your first encounter with another, what, what you clearly figure out is another witch. Um, and they kind of chat for a second and that's about it. And it's now you have this connection between, Alice and this other character. So you can start to move the story along a little bit. So that was one of the big takeaways from this episode besides his, his usual lesson. Yeah. Episode four, the Duke, Alice and memories of snow. So Mm -hmm. it's a snow day for the Duke crew. And while they're out playing in the snow, Alice loses one of her mother's earrings and it's rough. You could see that Alice is having a hard time dealing with this because her mother's not in the picture anymore. So she really wants that earring back. And the Duke has such a large real estate. She doesn't know where it's at. So he goes out there and tries to find it himself. 
and digs in the snow. It's a bunch of flashbacks to her mother. It's him digging in snow. And then finally he passes out because it's so cold. It's like a blizzard outside. Um, I don't think Alice knew he went out. But mm. eventually Cuff comes in. Oh, fire witch Cuff. And she uh, <laughs> she warms him up and uh, kind of gets him taken care of it in the house. And they're good to go. Or actually, I think he lets her in. I don't think he, he did pass out at, at one point. But he uh, he came to, and they were okay. Now Cuff's in the picture. They find out she is a uh, a witch of very little knowledge um, of magical yeah. matters and common sense matters. It uh, she's a a hoot and a half, and she she I think she primarily focused in fire magic, is what her deal was, mm-hmm. and she was just a blast to have introduced yeah. here. She only gets better. She's a uh, yeah. She she uh, she can turn into a bat, as I recall. Correct. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And she uh, she meet, she ends up saving his butt. But you get to meet her, and she's kind of got this like very like no nonsense face, but she's really immature throughout the whole thing. So she's she's almost kind of like Ugh, I can't believe I had to save you. It's awful. And, but she's actually like really nice. So it's always like this really kind of like split kind of uh experience with her she sounds mean but she's actually really nice um and so i think they end up basically befriending her and they send her off with something i think it's kind of unimportant they basically like set her up and she's she's like oh now i owe them and and you know basically is is they establish a connection with her and that's such a it's a good flashback episode um you learn a little bit more about actually when Alice was a child and how she interacted with the Duke, even as a child. Mm -hmm. So they have a connection from even before. Um, And the fact that her mother had some association with the, the house of nobility that he's from as well. So we, we start to get some more backstory and it's trickling in and it's really cool. I like it. It's a good episode. It's very Mm -hmm. pretty. Episode five, the Duke, a crow and ice skating. We finally get Zane. Zane is yes. now in the picture. Uh, the Duke and Alice Let's are ice go. skating when they meet another witch, Zane. The charismatic perv crow is what I have him as. Uh, he's looking for his <laughs> friend to cuff. And it's all while uh, Viola, who is now in the picture as well, is trying to befriend Alice and swoon the butler, Rob, who is at least four times her age. Yeah. And is trying to break free of her mother's grip. Uh, there's a lot starting to happen with Viola. I want to say she came in, in like an episode or two earlier. You see her starting to visit her brother as uh, mm. things start to happen at the house. She's just trying to get out of there. But she she clearly doesn't want any part of what's going on. And so she's coming to hang out with Big Brother. And she also just is enjoying the friendships that are happening as well. You know, she can talk to Alice. She can try to swoon her uh, long sought after Rob and it's it, she, she's an <laughs> annoying so character but there's a I don't know you, you can't hate her I guess I don't know no. it's weird she, she's great yeah um, she's funny they, they they basically establish I think in this episode that her mother is trying to force her to change the way she dresses and the way she acts to be like a lady of nobility and she wants no part of it She's like, I like being my goofy, immature self, wearing my more like 
active, you know, clothing because I think she wears like a whole like shorts and like a, a couple layers on top. And so it's very it's not like a frilly dress of that era. Like whenever you see picture like you'll see like scenes where they kind of show what like uh, the silhouette of their uh, the Duke's mother looks like. And she's always got kind of like this long dress and it's all traditional Victorian. But it, it goes to show like the things that are expected out of women and how much she doesn't want to be a part of it. And so she runs away to her brother's estate. Mm-hmm. Um, but they kind of creep in little things along the way to show that while she can, she, she does this whole thing where she pretends like she looks down on her her older brother, but she doesn't. She respects him in a big way. And uh, it really can't stay serious for too long before she starts like talking about how much she loves Rob, the uh, elderly butler very elderly. Uh, like he, i i, I want to establish this is such a weird thing like she's supposed to be something i think she's supposed to be like something like 17 or 18 i think 18 um and he's like in his 50s i, I want to say 50s because he's she, he's got to be older that he's losing hearing and his sight he's got to be uh, older than man. 50 i don't know though because anime like portrays older people like a little advanced like there's some shows i'll be watching they're like oh i'm 28 and i'm like you don't look 28 like they animated you like you were 45 oh like yeah, fair i enough. don't know that's how i feel I, at 28. like i would like, give me an age dang it tell me wikipedia nope nope yeah. it's not in here um but yeah no she he's like he's like at least three times her age and uh that's a weird thing, but it's 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 played up for laughs, so it's pretty funny because he gives her a compliment and she swoons. Like he's yeah. like, "Your hair looks nice today." And hearts, and out, so. hearts and squeals instantly. <laughs> it's hilarious. Oh yeah. Next episode, it. episode six: The Duke, Alice, and a Night in the Witch's World. Um. So now that they have witch friends in Cuff and Zane. Cuff has teased that it's possible to break the Duke's curse on the night of the Blood Moon. Uh, so Zane and Cuff actually bring the Duke and Alice to the Witch's world through some means in the basement. They go through a mirror and they try to break the curse. And instead, they actually meet some more witch cast people, um, including the busty skeleton witch that they met earlier, who recognized them. I put uh, the busty skeleton witch. How is that possible? That doesn't make sense. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a, a weird thing, but I guess it may be a mask. I thought it was her face. Um, so she says haunting things to them about their future, I believe. And then she is now keeping tabs on the Duke. Um, there seems to be something about him that they know, whether it be his witch or his curse or a prophecy, but that oh, was yeah, the witch's this, world. Yeah. This is them. Where they go to the Sabbath, and mm-hmm. uh, so they. This is also the episode where like a cat steals uh, Alice's clothes while she's in the shower. So the Duke has to give her his jacket, and so she just takes the opportunity throughout the whole time chasing the cat to basically like uh, taunt. Yeah, taunt him. I, I wonder if this is the episode. There's an episode where they're talking about legs, and he has this whole thing where he's like, he's like. I'm not the Lord of the thighs. And it's, I think I sent that a picture yeah. of that in the discord because I was just like, that's so damn funny. It just made it's me great. laugh. Like made me think of Lord of the flies, but uh, it's thighs. And it was such a, a funny thing, but the, the Sabbath is really interesting because it seems so menacing when they're doing this. Like, it seems like so very like subterfuge and things like that. 
and uh, you get there and it's a damn like student council meeting essentially. Yeah, they're like, okay, so as witches, bad. What, yeah, what are we gonna do? So, uh, do you think like uh, in the next couple of weeks we're gonna need to really look at the budget for supply? Like, it's so ridiculous. It's like minutes. There's these goofy other like witches, which witches apparently can be all kinds of things, like uh, monster creatures or humanoids and different things like that. So it's there's a lot of kind of unusual looking creatures. And they're even dressed up. They have disguises. While they're there, and I, they meet the skull-faced uh, witch again, who turns out to be named Dalith. And they ask about the curse and find out that... Uh, well, they find out at the time uh, that the uh, the witch that cursed him is dead. They were a genius uh, magic user and probably can't get the curse removed. And then reveals them to all the other witches, so they had to flee. And this is actually really cool, because you get a moment where the Duke really kind of shows up because they start trying to attack him and they like i think they send like uh some branches that they cast magic on to come after him and he takes off his glove and and kills it and then jumps off of it as they escape uh, with alice and yeah it was a really cool little little tiny action scene and i thought it was really well done um it was a good episode but it also it, it kind of finishes up with zane and cuff being like we we believe in you we think you have potential like we want to be friends with you like they reestablish that even though they're witches, they want to help. So yeah. everybody kind of reaffirms that they're going to help him figure out his curse. And I think that's really cool. Uh, I like also like Zane's serious side during this episode because it, it shows that he actually is quite capable. Mm-hmm. Even though no, he's he... talking about boobies. It's a man with, with one thing on his heart. That's all he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, episode seven is a filler episode. It is the mm-hmm. Duke and Alice's uneventful day. They literally just did nonsense. They just pulled random shit out of different places and played with it. <laughs> and they ran around the mansion and fucked with Rob. Nothing significant to report. That was it. Episode eight. <laughs> it was a fun filler episode. <laughs> it really though. is. It's, 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 a it's, it's a funny episode. It's a lot of fun, but it is a filler episode. And that's it's just comedy and hijinks. Yeah. Episode eight, white snow, black clothes. Um, So this is a lot of Alice's background um, where you see that she was more of a peasant when she came to the manor to start taking care of the Duke's family. Uh, And when she, when she met the Duke, he actually stood up for her for being a peasant. Uh, She was getting bullied and he stood up for her. And that's kind of how she fell for him. And she's been, uh, I guess, stuck on glue to him ever since. Uh, and once she found out about the opportunity to come help with the castle or the manor, she, she jumped on it. Um, especially since Rob is like two inches away from dipping out, but that's different. And so she worked on the Duke and she knew that he was going to be a problem. And so she's been doing all this, this life change, Right, all this, you know, get friends, go out, see the town, go to the fireworks, go swim, do the snowball fight. She's giving mm-hmm. him all the life lessons and life experiences that he wasn't getting before. And it, it shows him in this terrible state of how he was before Alice came. And he, he was a shut-in in a bad mm-hmm. way. He was aggressive. He, he was hateful. And Alice really broke him out of that shell to where he's he's friendly now. He could talk to people. He's he's tolerable at least and it's it's gotten a lot better clearly 
Um, we also get to see the Duke's younger brother, who is vying for the uh, the number one spot of dukedom. And that motherfucker is awful. He is the most insecure dude I have ever seen in my <laughs> life. I uh, They spent like a good 10 minutes on him just being insecure. And it was it was funny. It was oh yeah it's it's hilarious i i was expecting pretty standard like aha i'm gonna ass- usurp his position and i'm gonna be very ambitious and kind of conniving and then he turned out to be a complete tool because he's so insecure yeah like that like the, anybody mentions him being like the younger brother or something like that uh or the second the second son and you he can't just mention number, out. the number two messes him yeah up instantly <laughs> he is over it's bad yeah uh, he loses his mind uh, yeah they, this is the uh the duke's flashback episode if i recall correctly he uh because alice keeps trying to you know be his maid and and get in his business she uh, he says uh you have three days to clean this room i destroyed in every possible mm-hmm. way and she does it in a single night and he's like well shit um and i think he tries to kill himself by like uh just running out into the blizzard and trying to like freeze to death and she saves him yeah um but i still uh, look i'm happy for a backstory episode definitely emotional weight but the the stuff with uh walter the younger brother was uh just top notch top notch stuff i i loved it it was funny it it it, uh it subverted my expectations so there we go yeah that's a good way to put it episode nine the duke alice and the christmas eve vow probably the best christmas episode i've ever seen um not that i can think of many i think uh <laughs> k on has a christmas episode i can remember in recent memories and actually that's it so not not a lot of competition there so um here we go come on oh wait what did i write here the holiday episode come on we knew it was going to be this because alice wasn't going to fit in a damn bikini uh hmm. <laughs> there we go so santa ah. outfits is what what this was i remember now uh so he actually fantasized her and uh i i think i remember that uh the duke's family and friends plan to get together at the mansion which is promptly ruined by the jealous younger brother impersonating santa claus uh <laughs> because he took rob's outfit and he ruined it. That that little motherfucker ruined Christmas because of his insecurities. Um, you see a lot of, I guess, interaction for Zane and Cuff as Zane kind of confides in the Duke. I do like Cuff. I you know I just don't really know what to do. She's so she's so Cuff. He's like, why don't you just tell her? And so Zane goes and he confesses to her. He's like, I've really liked you for this long time. And, you know, you mean you mean the world to me, Cuff. And we've been through all this together. And it zooms back on her. And she fell asleep before he was even talking. <laughs> he was just talking to this narcoleptic Cuff the whole time. And he was so frustrated. It was, it was pretty funny to, to just see that because they were hanging up Christmas lights and doing Christmas decorations. It was, it was a really fun episode overall between zane and, and the duke and them trying to get him to confess his feelings to cuff because that that's mm-hmm. pretty much the 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 gag for the episode and then you see the younger well, brother ruin christmas 
No, this is a great comedy bit. Like, uh, he's dressing up as Santa Claus, and Cuff finds him and thinks that he's the real Santa Claus. Like, she gets super excited and actually turns into a bat and carries him up to the chimney to drop him down the chimney because he's Santa. And, you know, just basically has this whole thing happening where he's getting just torn to bits and he kind of confronts his, his older brother and it seems like a very serious moment. And it just turns out like he basically ch- says like whoever discovers the cure for his curse is going to be the, uh, the new heir. And you know, that's, that's, it, it sounds menacing, but ultimately he just wants to help his brother. Like, and that's the, that's the impression I get from it is like, he may seem a little like insecure and kind of like haughty at times, but he just ultimately also like, Viola wants to be around and connected to his, his older brother. And that's, uh, I think that's pretty cool. He's terrible at it, but it, it's cool. I like that, that the family still wants to be a part of his life. And that's, I'm used to all these conniving, like, you know, like dramatic points, but it just turns out everybody still loves him. That's such a great moment. It's a great episode. I like it. No, it is. It. I completely forgot about Cuff and Santa. Uh, I forgot her, her little mix up. That was, that was a blast, but that's a good way to interpret the younger brother too. I, I hadn't given him that light of day. So maybe that's what we need. Also, I'm sorry for the drag strip again. I'm not sure if, uh, if everyone's catches, I'll see what I can edit out, but golly, man, we have racers and honkers and it's insane out here. So I love it. Next episode. Episode 10, The Duke, Alice, and the Song for Two. So they start being a little bit more affectionate towards each other, Alice and Duke. Um, Mm -hmm. And the Duke has made it clear he wants to marry her. And he's willing to sacrifice his status and potential for bettering to marry her. And it for the better... Whoa, I don't even know what I just said. Excuse me. He's willing to sacrifice (laughs) everything for this girl. Let's say that. Um, and it troubles Alice uh, because she's put him in this predicament coming back. You know, we're, we're getting to the love climax, I guess, where it's, mm-hmm. oh, you can't do this, not for me type thing. And it's it's not bad, but it's a little love tension for them. And at the end, you get to see uh, the Duke and Alice play out a special song. Um, and I'm not sure if it's great in the sub but in the dub, it was kind of awkward. Um, if I remember right, I may have to go back and rewatch that. But I think I remember hearing it, and I was like, "Oh God, oh God, what's happening?" But I I remember it being a sweet moment, and that's what matters. Was another moment where their relationship mm-hmm. flourished a little bit more. The the blossom was getting ready to bloom, and it was pretty cool. Yeah, I think the I love the little like uh, duet they kind of do in the episode. Uh, I do feel like I'm it starts to bring on that tension as you go on uh, that uh, he's he's like 100 percent ready to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's she's aware of how nobility works. And uh, as much as she loves him, that like if he manages to break his curse, they probably aren't going to be able to be together. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like. It's not really said because she's not she's not like an internal monologue type character. You kind of got to gather that. But it's like because I, I think he says that he would leave his family if, if they demanded that he parted from her. But she's mm-hmm. like, no. Um, 
and it's just it, it it shows how close they are but it also shows kind of the the distance between them in terms of society and that's uh i'm curious to see how that plays out because there's because we're getting to the point where we're learning more and more about how the world works and different groups of people and it starts to be a question of like okay what's actually going to happen it's not all going to be rainbows and butterflies so yeah. yeah but it's a sweet episode I, I like the i think it's a yeah here here it is this is a they play the owl and the pussycat yeah and uh yeah now yeah, we're on so, to episode 11 episode 11 the duke and secret magic so viola finds an old logbook with interesting information uh turns out it's been a logbook for years within the main estate and the old estate and she gave it to alice who gave it to the duke Dalith, uh, who was old booby bones, um, wanted this logbook destroyed and commissioned Zane to destroy this. Um, but it's too late. And Duke has already read through it and sees that Alice's mother um, logged those two nuns that came in, um, which had outfits similar to Dallas once he read into the logbook. So he knows that something's happened in this book years ago now he he has a lead on something why would witches be coming to his his mansion what business did his family have there and that it's a it's a little hook mm-hmm. for a mystery is really kind of what you get out of this one um and it was neat they i want to say this is the first time uh the duke lied to alice um I may be mixing up with the next episode where they actually talk about the logbook again, but um, I'll save it for then. But did you have anything else on this episode, Stephen? So this is a wild episode because uh, it really, because basically the last two episodes serve to be like the setup for the big things to come. Yeah. The logbook is written by Alice's mother, Sharon, um, which is important because it brings up, it talks about two witches visiting the mansion and it's Dalith and somebody else. Um, and then Zane's tasked with destroying the logbook, but this is where it's interesting is he's like, ah, he gets kind of, you know, cold feet when the Duke confronts him and he's like, I'll, you know, because what's happening is Dalith is, uh, threatening cuff. Yeah. Like Zane is told to destroy the logbook or something bad's going to happen to cuff essentially. And so when the Duke finds out about this, he's like, burn it then go ahead. I'll still find an answer. And it's like such a cool moment for the Duke. Um, cause he, he seems like such a wet blanket most of the time, like very like unsure of himself, but it's like, there are moments throughout the series that it really shows when he's like really serious and is a, a good, strong character. And this is one of those moments. And he tells, uh, Zane to, uh, get burn the book. But what he does is he disintegrates it and he kind of saves this little piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And you find out that Zane has, has, uh, powers that allow him to regenerate the book. Yeah, um, whatever restoration. Yeah, I do. That's what I was. Yeah, yeah, I think like that a... happened in the last episode, but that's the part I was kind of oh, hinting yeah. at. I like they were on top of the building, and he did that. And I, I didn't quite remember where exactly that fell into. Yeah, um, it's kind of because the two episodes really like bleed into each other. Why they quite do well? You can't not watch episode twelve after watching eleven because it's it picks up right into it. Because then you have the big dinner scene uh, coming up next which is the big part for his romantic side, apart from the mystical side of the anime, Mm -hmm. Um, which I'll go ahead and just get right into that. So episode 12 together with the Duke 
Um, so he gets a summons to the main estate with it, where his mother, younger brother, and the younger sister stay. And there's a tension that's been building up because he's he's getting the courage to tell her that he's going to marry Alice. Alice is the one. She may be a maid. She may be a peasant. Whatever the status description may be, mm-hmm. he's going to marry her, and that's what it's going to be. And so eventually it finally gets to the point where they start having the, the tense discussion and he's, he's affirming Alice, Hey, I'm going to tell her this is it. And so he does it. He's like, Hey, you know, everything's going well. I'm, I'm, I'm working on the curse. And she gives him a deadline. You need to have this mm-hmm. curse figured out by springtime. I think she said, and he, he has until then or else he loses dukedom, I believe. Yeah. And so now he has a timeline on that, but then he stood his ground and he said, Alice is, Alice is going to be mine. I, I love her and I want her to be my wife one day. And she said, you can't do this. He's like, you can't tell me what to do anymore. Woman. And it's, it's a wild, <laughs> it's a wild, powerful scene. And he walks out and his brother and sister also walk out with him, which was very nice. Um, just to see them kind of support him on that end. And mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think the mother cared one or two ways, but it was, it was good seeing sibling support on such a powerful stance of, you know, who you're, who you're going to spend the rest of your life with. And if you have to send them to your, your parents about that, that was, that was a nice random thing to see. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh... I have in my notes, this is where Zane confronted the Duke about the logbook and pretend, pretended to destroy it. So that happened at the end of this episode. But ah, gotcha. it's a mix. They, you can't watch 11 without watching 12. It's no, all so can't. fast. It's all so fast. There's a lot that happens. And I. It, that's the thing is like you uh, like you get little glimpses into the fact that their their mother is not a an unfeeling, terrible person. She just has a position to maintain. Yeah. Um, because like that's the thing is this is where you find out the, uh, a little bit more that how close uh, – Gerbera, I think is her name, the mother of the Duke. Um, how what close she was to name. Sharon. Yeah, I don't know if I'm saying it right. Um, don't quote me. Uh, but she was really close to Sharon, Alice's mother, and she actually mistakes Alice for Sharon and gets kind of like emotional, like a human. Like, because they show her as like very stoic and like unemotional for a long time. Yeah. And then uh, she encounters Alice and actually gets to act like a person for a bit. And after the Duke basically says his piece and and everything like that, his mother smiles like she's glad like she's glad that he stood up to her yeah. and things like that. So it's uh it's definitely like these two episodes open up a lot of a lot of things. Like the logbook has information about another witch supposedly and how Dalith is associated with it. And as a matter of fact, there's one other part that I can't remember if you you mentioned. Uh, they reveal that Sharon's body is in a coffin. In the possession of the witches. I did not bring that up. No, go ahead. Yeah, they don't. And you can't tell if she's dead or if she's sleeping. But that's that's at the end of the season. It's like, oh, Alice's mom is still her body is still like solid. Like it's not rotted or or anything like that. It's there. And the witches have it. And it's all kinds of crazy um, that they have it. So you have all these kind of like plot threads that kind of open up. Uh, you find out Sharon's body is still around and it's in the possession of the witches. Uh, the skull face, which that supposedly seemed like a lead is actually directly associated with uh, the time when he got cursed. 
Um, you know, his entire family is like on his side, like somehow being, even though he's this kind of like weak willed at the beginning, like who he is and the, his abilities to, to bring people close to him and like truly kind of bring them out of their shell to a degree, mm-hmm. make it so his own family it supports him more than what they're going through. Um, so I'm deeply curious to see how they're going to break the, the curse. Um, what's going to happen with Sharon, what's going to happen with mom, uh, the brother, the brother, I like the brother so much. He's so goofy and it just, his subverting my expectations for what his character would be just made it so much better. And every time Zane is on the screen, it's just a joy. I absolutely love Zane. He steals the show. Like, uh, so, uh, with that, we kind of wrap up season one. What are your final thoughts on, uh, the Duke of death and his maid? It was great. A lot better than I thought it was going to be. I remember when you and me started it, um, that we were like, wow, what is, what is this? I think you had read it or you'd heard about it. And uh, I remember mm-hmm. I was real. Okay, sure. I guess Alice looks bad. I'll take that. We'll see. <laughs> and it was a lot better than we thought, or I thought. It yeah. was. I, I won't speak for you. I'll speak for me. I, no, you, than I thought. you went out. You went out and found a bunch of, of fan art of Alice and posted it in the waifu channel. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. Had to. Had to. It's out there. Um, You know, I had read the manga and and only just like the first like 10 chapters. It seemed interesting, but I I clearly dropped it somewhere along the way because I didn't get nearly as far. So when I saw it had an anime and like we had already gotten done with the run, I was like, we were just because you and I were just picking stuff out on Funimation. Mm -hmm. We were playing the uh, look at the cover game. uh, We just chose that one night. And I think we were going to we were like, oh, let's just watch a couple episodes. And I think we got all the way to like episode four or five. And we're like, we need to go to bed yeah now we're close to halfway done <laughs> i think we started cooking and then we were almost done yeah. like it, it we went for a while on it and then we picked it back up for this yeah. and it, it's been great yeah. i'm excited for season two supposed to be airing this year um, yes um the cgi was remarkably better than i thought it would be like when i at first when i first saw some cgi in it i was like i, I don't know but as i watched the season i was like this is actually pretty good it's very little occasions where it's you can even tell to a degree so I thought that was really nice. When I first saw the Duke move in the opening scene and you see his hand go and you can tell it's CGI. Mm-hmm. I was, I was a little weary and I was like, Ooh, ah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was great. It's not like early Netflix anime CGI. It's oh. this is, this is quality CGI that these are, these are, these yeah. people know what they're doing. Yeah. This isn't uh what is it? The berserk. Uh, yeah TV series oh. in the release of that yikes yeah this is rough stuff don't trigger anybody. but uh, this is actually really good this is really good and i encourage it's a 12 episode show it's charming it's fun and it's on i guess Crunchyroll now because funimation is going to go away um and you should check out the dub it's it's great like and honestly i watched the i watched some episodes in subtitle and there's they really don't change it up too much it's they kind of add their own like you know, if, if a person speaking English was saying the same thing in nuance, it would be the same thing. And it's it's really well done. Every one of those actors does a great job. I'm glad I watched it dubbed. Um, but with that, yeah, I guess that kind of wraps up our meat and potatoes there, Trey. I, I think we've, we've covered a lot today. We tonight. have. This uh, this bi-weekly, uh, this bi-weekly episode schedule has us uh, with a lot to talk about. So maybe hour and a half Absolutely. is going to be our new our new standard. we'll see absolutely but with that i'm gonna put you to bed Uh, i hope you have a great night and i'm looking forward to seeing you in another couple weeks with some more early 
impressions. Uh, we'll be, what are we talking about next time? Oh, I think we're doing Comey can't communicate next time. Oh, well, we, we will communicate about that, my friend. Until Debatable. then, have a wonderful night. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so thank you, everyone. If you've enjoyed what you've seen, you can check us out on social medias. Uh, at Sinco Podcast on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, yeah, with that, guys, good night. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Bye.